from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, September 21st, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, not my brother. He's out of town for the next two episodes. <laughs> Mark Jackson on the ones and twos today. Hello, world. If things go terribly, terribly wrong, it's because Mark has no experience doing audio. You're welcome. So. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know what a ramshackle production this was going to be this morning. There's, there's like another way to say that same sentence of like, we'll be so pleased if this goes really well. But not you, Cameron. And not I, like you. How, I like how you said Chandler is out of town when we all know that he's violently ill from going on a Chili's bed. <laughs> Over there on the... He, uh, he overdosed on baby back ribs. It's, it's on the Skype situation. line from Loverland, Virginia. That's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. And down the road, about a mile away, but they won't talk to each other, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. I'm so glad to see you. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the first recording we're doing since the Chili's reveal. Now, I know uh-huh. you listeners had uh, an episode in between where Adam Smith joined us. Uh, if you can't you know, figure that out, we recorded things out of order to accommodate Adam's Australian schedule. So last Friday <laughs> show is when you got the big Chili's reveal from Chandler this is the first time we're recording since that happened and we can actually talk about it. Uh, yeah, if you don't know what happened, uh, we've been talking about chilies for a while. Chandler's love for chilies, Corey Asbury's black card that he got from Chick-fil-A Chandler wanting a black card from chilies. And, uh, we talked about it and chilies took notice and they sent him a box, which Chandler opened on last week's show. And it was a Chili's red card, which they loaded with a year's worth of Chili's for Chandler. Going once a week, eating a normal amount of food, Chandler can eat at Chili's for a year (laughs) for free. It's unbelievable. They gave him $750 of Chili's food. Uh, and he revealed it on the show with trembling hands and much anticipation last week. With trembling hands. Can we talk about how adorable that is now that he's not here? <laughs> I mean, that's so cute. And I was going to say $750 for, for many people is a lifetime <laughs> of chillies. <laughs> Something I didn't think about until later is that we are in medically uncharted waters here. <laughs> Doctors right. don't know what a year of chilies <laughs> does to, a, to the human body. Yeah. Roger Chili hasn't even had $750 of chilies food. Yeah. That's a lot of clogged arteries right there. Uh, yeah, no, Chandler was, you know, all the attention. He's an introvert. You know, he's behind the ones right. and twos. He, he's not one to be out in front. And uh, he has been out in front on the Internet for the last month. And um, the trembling hands thing, I think he took a little uh, exception to. He told he said later, and I think he tweeted it, but he told me he said, I wasn't like it, like it wasn't opening the box. It was the fact that I had to like read the card in front of a room full of people. It was the nerves of having to I, like publicly hey, perform. Do you know why I don't read. believe it? Because the card was like eight words. Thanks yeah, for serious. the thanks for the pod, Chandler. Hope you like a <laughs> year's worth of chili. You know, like I I could it wasn't it was his voice was quivering with emotion is what it was. It was. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really cute. I, I loved it so I much. I felt like everybody's little brother was having a big day. Yeah. I it, know that it was between stage fright and and li- trying to Keep yourself from dancing and singing on a table yeah, with it, joy. It, it's it's like when I'm at when I'm at a wedding and like the 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 
a bride's father gives a toast like that was <laughs> you know like trying to keep his composure trying to keep the mood light but you can tell there's a lot of emotion there i feel like this was that moment for chandler well we have we have a great show in store for you today coming up later we talked to one of our favorite groups wild nothing they have a, a new album coming out this week i believe yeah indigo that new album is really solid. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big I think, fan I think of those it was guys. actually last week. Last week, yeah, I think it's been right. out. Yeah. I think we had it out for a week. I mean, because I've been listening to it for a week straight. It's yeah. a good album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Never heard of them. <laughs> Y'all exposed me to the best music. I'm very grateful. That's part of the show. We're gonna have your Andy Stanleys, and we're gonna have your music discovery. We're gonna have you know Chili's. We're gonna you know. It's the whole thing. Yeah, that that's the thing. One day, you know, one morning you wake up and Chip Gaines is sending you love on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw that. Send a little clip. Yeah. Drinking his morning coffee, reading what? reading the new issue. You know, yeah. And then we bring in the hot new indie artist. I don't know. Next week, I'll tease. I'll, I'll tease a guy named Tim Tebow. Maybe you heard of it. <gasps> I don't know. You know just a lot, a lot happening over yeah, for, here. There's a yeah, lot. Tuesday show coming up will be Tim Tebow. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. That's yeah. the yeah. only Florida Gator that I have any time for. Timmy T. Timmy. Timmy T. It's very inspirational. I was listening to it this morning and it's, it, it, it is like a 12 minute pep talk. Like you are ready to run through a wall and accomplish your dreams. Thanks to Tim Tebow. <laughs> after that. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's what he does. The, the, That's man, right. the man is like, it, it is a human Red Bull is what it is. It's you, you, you know, you get a little bit and you're just ready to, to go conquer the world, you know? Okay. So Jesse and I th- think about the show in kind of like eras, right? We, we are, we are exiting the era of Roger Chili. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of like a defining yeah, like bubble of shows, right? You can't manufacture Roger Chili moments. You know, it just things happen. No. And then every once in a while you receive an email and you go, well, there's the next era. Jesse and I got an email yesterday inviting us out of the blue, out inviting of the us blue. From, from the Nat Geo channel, inviting us to an all expenses paid trip to adult space camp. I I am so jealous. In Huntsville, Alabama, at the actual astronaut training facility. We got invited. And and next month, like next month, like in in the in five weeks, we're we will be yeah. at space camp. And and this is like legit space camp. We I was reading some of the things. I mean, there's like the flight simulator. There's like zero gravity. This is everything you'd picture adult space camp to be. This is adult space camp. I, to my knowledge, we're wearing the jumpsuits every day. Yeah, you're in the blue jumpsuits. You're like, I mean, it's the real deal. I mean, they have one here at Kennedy Space Center, but it's not where they train astronauts. No, we're flying to Huntsville, Alabama, where they is train Lance the astronauts. Gonna be flying there? to Huntsville, Alabama? Yeah. And then they're going to make you fly to go back. To space that's camp. the final test. That's how you get out. You're not allowed to leave. You, <laughs> you get to take pilot. a plane there. You have to sort your own flight home. Yeah. You, and then you have to go up in like a weather balloon and jump out of it like that uh, Red Bull. <laughs> and you got to, hopefully they're over your state at the time or else you just kind of, you know, I am like, you'll find your way back. I, I just, I'm still wrapping my head around it because as longtime listeners of the show know, like growing up here near the space coast and stuff, elementary school, Cameron really wanted to go to space camp. I mean, in the mid eighties, there was a movie called space camp and the Goonies era, you know, mm-hmm, like sure. one of those movies. And it was like pivotal to my childhood. And I thought that would be the pinnacle of everything. Of course we were little lower middle class. We, I couldn't go to space camp. I mean, that's just like, that's whatever. And so it was just one of these unfulfilled life dreams that I had to the level that last year I found myself on one of my late night Googles 
researching adult space camp. How much is that? And how, you know, whatever. And it wasn't astronomical, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> well done now. The thing go. that pulled me, the thing that pulled me the off price, of no, wanting seriously, to go. The price was out of this world. Like it was just, <laughs> I mean, but, but when we got this camera was, o- but camera was over the moon. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> when you you, remember, you just kind of space out. You can't even process it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, I almost did it because the next day the spa- the uh, price was going to shoot uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you just starry-eyed um, thinking but, about but, what you could But the done. thing, I told Jesse, I told Jesse at the time, I was like, okay, it's not that I don't want to go because it would be a blast. It would be hilarious. I would want to go. But I don't want to spend a week with the other adults that pay money to go to adult space camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the part that you keep saying. I've already decided. I've already camp. decided. I told Cameron this that I I will I'm willing to go even though like I have one kryptonite. I feel like, you know, I I don't I know this is going to sound braggy, but it's just the reality. I feel very confident in all things. And uh <laughs> everyone knows that. <laughs> I will say uh, my one weakness is motion sickness. Oh, um, but I'm true. not going to let that hold me back because I've already, like, I would never go to space camp. Like, I never wanted to go to space camp. I never thought, I mean, I, I'm stoked I'm going to space camp. But it was never, like, something that was, like, a big thing. Like, I, I thought about going to space camp. So I've already decided that the way that I'm going to handle this and, and go in with other grown-up space campers is I'm going to be the cool space camp bully. I'm no. talking leather jacket oh, yeah. over no. the jumpsuit, bandana, knocking, knocking, <laughs> their space food off the, no. the cafeteria table. Sorry, say, Chief, I'm sitting no. here. What are you going to do about it? No. Annie, what's wrong with because this? Because everyone seem very... going to space camp has been terrified of that guy for their entire lives. Well, guess what? You can't escape him. It's I'm, This is... If if you're tough enough to go to want to go to outer space, you need to be able to handle a little a little rebel, a little a little they bit, a little bit of bad Jesse of their lives being bullied. You've got Jesse. I'm standing hard on this one. You cannot be the space camp think, bully. Do you think real astronauts are, 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 you know, you know, they're not these, these not, they're not these nerds, you know, real astronauts are you yeah. know, like military, like air force dudes who, yeah. who are willing to put Precisely. their life on life. Fighter, I'm giving them pilots. a taste. Of, I'm giving them yeah. a taste of, they want an authentic experience. I'm going to give you them one. You are not and I'm going go. to space camp with real <laughs> astronauts, Jesse. <laughs> Night one, night one, I'm doing a, a, a like a late night cabin raid. I'm assuming we're in law. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you are in bunk beds. Who's, who's? And I'm stealing everyone's boxer shorts and I'm running them up the flagpole. And, and, and then I'm going to be out there laughing in the morning at breakfast for all those nerds. It's going to be, it's gonna, I'm going to be a space camp bully. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to jump to the front of lines. And you know what? No one's going to do anything, Annie, because I'm sending a message awful. night one. Don't mess with this. Yeah, see, I, I volunteer to dress up as like an Uber nerd and go to space camp there with you. Like, I'll, I'll pretend and then I'll like try to fight back one time. Like, hey, you can't do that. And then you break my arm. Just like, it's like yes, yeah, I'll, I'll give atomic wedgie. Cameron, atomic wedgie in front of all the astronauts. It's such a safe place for nerds. Don't let them do this. Okay, so he ta- he went on this rant yesterday when we were talking about, do we want to go to space camp? <laughs> and uh, I thought about this, Jesse. Okay. Two things that foil your, your plan. Number one, this is a trip by our friends at Nat Geo. Yeah. They're pro- yeah. they're promoting the second season of their Mars series and it's premiering in November. So so it's going to be it's going to be the media types. It's not going to be the normal space camp attendees. It's going to be media types and Hollywood types, okay? I mean, I think you're really hopeful if you think it's going to be full of Hollywood types, but I hear you. I think well, you're just Last year I went on a trip from with Nat Geo for to about Mars to Hawaii. 
to go to that astronaut Habanot where they were living on the, this lava field and this dome for a year to simulate the Mars colonization experience. It was an amazing trip. So if it's that kind of thing at space camp, we're in good company. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So number one, you're, I mean, you're, 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 you know, comic book guy from the Simpsons, <laughs> per, you know, perception of the attendees probably isn't accurate Two, two, you're Mr. Tough guy in the cafeteria. Then we get on the gyroscope machine and Jesse's puke it all over the walls. <laughs> I, like I said, that is my kryptonite and I will, I will come up with something. I will have a Dramamine. I will, you know, I'll shut down the machine or something. I'll figure out a way to not humiliate Jesse, myself. what are you going to do if there's a, a bully or bully comes in hot? Like, what if there's another guy who's got this same plan? <laughs> I'm not worried about that, Annie. Trust me. <laughs> That's the least of my concerns. A space camp bully? Oh, yeah. No, no, I, 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 you know, Cameron, I don't want to give too much away about future plans for this podcast, you know, but uh, I I think, I think not too far down the line, we could do like a live Twitter poll during the show and say, should Jesse be space camp bully and get a live reaction and let the listeners decide live, you know? All the listeners okay, I, are humans I, I, who will agree with me that you should not go hilarious. into a safe space and be the bully. Hilarious. That's horrible. I do think, Jesse, you might be putting a little bit of a target on your okay. back here because everybody knows that the first rule of space camp is that on day one, you find the biggest, toughest, meanest guy in there and you got to kick the crap mm. out of him. <laughs> if, you're, if you do this, hey, Tyler, once, that's going to be you. Once again. I ain't scared. Well, is it all men? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I would. I would assume it's adults of both genders. I. I, I don't. I mean. Yeah. 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 No, I, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Is there a girl who's going to come in and bully bully you, Jesse? That's what I'm hoping for. I need some really strong oh, yeah. woman to come I, I in will, there. If I need to make an alliance, I will. Yeah. Because we're going to run this. Game. Oh, we're going to run this. <laughs> it, it's going to be Lance Bass coming in and going, Jesse, you're not messing this <laughs> up. This is my Bass. last shot. <laughs> Who was who was the I, I saw uh, in the last couple of days SpaceX was yeah. going to announce the first private yeah. citizen who's going around the moon. You know, like uh, obviously, like Virgin is working on it, and 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 uh, Amazon and and SpaceX they're all working on like space yeah. tourism, where you mm-hmm. like you'll get in there and you pay like a quarter million dollars and you kind of go up so to like basically the edge of the atmosphere, low orbit, and then just come right back down. You know, it's like a couple hour joyride. And it's all that money. Like, I, on one hand, I'm going, you're getting gypped. You're not actually in space. You never actually really, really, really leave our gravitational. Yeah, yeah it's pool. low I mean, atmosphere. And you got to pay all this crazy amount you of money. You just go to the top of it? Yeah, you basically go to the top. You, yeah. And you look down. I mean, you can see the Earth like, like the space shuttle does, but you aren't actually going out into orbit or anything. You're just kind of like going up yeah. to the very top of our atmosphere, and they call it space, you know, tourism. But this guy's going around yeah. the moon. I mean, we, I oh, mean, wow. humanity hasn't done that yeah. since the 60s. Yeah. That's insane. He's going by himself. Jesse, every time Cameron talks about space, I think you might be the one who bullies him. I'm just saying, like, like that sounds like you would have to, like, this guy's paying probably hundreds of millions of dollars to do this, you know? Oh, it has oh, to. Yeah. You oh, yeah. has to. Hey, but oh, yeah, you yeah, would yeah, have yeah. to pay me millions. Did to they not say that. the number? Not, and I don't care about the risk. I would just be like, I don't, I don't want to have cabin fever for, it's going to take like a week to get around the moon. What am I supposed to do in there? And like, I, I can look out the window day one and get the general idea. Wow. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. After that, it's like, you know, I'm playing games on my phone for the rest of the week. Cameron, how long is the quarter of a million flight? How long is the up to the edge and back down flight? 
I think it's just a few hours. Like they're just going up there. You kind of look around, snap some pictures. Oh, float, that seems better than going to down. the moon. Here's a question: Do you have does, ninety minutes? Is Elon Musk with you? Because that would be a that would change what I, whether or not I want to do this. Which way would it change it like for you? I don't, really want, I don't really want to hang with Elon Musk in an enclosed hey, space. I, did you guys listen to him? I listened I to the do. whole like three hour Joe Rogan interview the other day. Yeah. And did you listen to it, Tyler? Yeah, I think I think this is this is that's affecting my opinion of him a he little bit. He seems like an insane person, like an insane yeah, robot. He exactly. seems like an alien. He is, my I favorite he part is. is he he laughs like Tommy Wiseau in the room, like ha 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 ha, like that 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 was the most human thing about him. Like he talks. <laughs> I don't think he's. I don't. I think this is a scam. I don't think this is a like a space tourism program. I think Elon's just trying to get home. This is the best way. This is how you figured out how to do it. <laughs> well, honestly, he sounded like a robot alien who was trying to do an impression of a normal human. In a and a three-hour interview with Joe Rogan. It's yeah. three hours yeah, of Joe and Rogan. It was bonkers, and it that would test anybody's <laughs> fortitude. Understandably, it take it would we take. All sound a little it weird. would take a robot to be able to do that. No, but um, he he literally. I had never heard uh, Elon Musk. Like I've never listened to any of his speeches. I, I'm well aware of Elon Musk. I read a lot of you know interviews with him and interesting things he said, and you know sometimes weird and problematic things he said. But I just thought he was just kind of like an eccentric genius to a degree. I didn't realize yeah. that he's just a really different kind of dude. Like he 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 is uh, he is. It, like after you listen to him, what what's another job you would have imagined him having? Um, a villain in a movie, like, that's it. <laughs> like like a James Bond villain, like like, like petting, yeah. like he has a cat in his lap and he's just like stroking it as he maniacally thinks of plans to destroy the world. Right? Yeah, he's that. Yeah. He's he has like an evil bent toward him versus like a nerdy I bent did, toward him. I, yeah, he's a super villain. He's the guy. Oh, wow. he, he's the guy who's like comes up with something that's so Dang. like you you'd read it, see it in a plot of, a, of like a superhero movie, and you're like, this is a fun he, movie, but this isn't like that's. He, make any he sense. was he was talking like you would expect, like you know, someone that like Lex Luthor uh, uh, like recruited to talk, like he you know, like he, they were talking about like artificial intelligence and stuff, and he would be like, I tried to warn them, but they said the, but time has probably come up on that. And like, what? there's this long silence. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, how are you talking so calmly about the impending AI takeover? But you know, it, it was it was an insane interview. I was entertained the whole time. But yeah. all I have to say to answer your question, Tyler, those are the type of dudes I'd love to hang out with. Like, I like people who are this just Japanese businessman is not coming back. They are going. They are going to Elon back where Elon came from. Like, you, this is a one way ticket. Planet. Space, SpaceX, we're like Earth X. Is he? He's not going, is he? Elon's not going, is he? That's, that's my question. That's what himself. I want to know. Okay, is Elon Musk like married with kids? He is, right? Because I feel he's like I remember Grimes. reading that in that article. He's dating the uh, indie pop star. Yeah, Grimes. he, he formerly yeah. married. He does have children, though. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, and, him and Grimes' relationship has been fraught with drama. I tried to bring it as a slice one time, and Jesse told me it was too weird. <laughs> it was too weird because who who did they get in, in like a celebrity feud Azalea with? Banks. It was insane. Azalea yeah. Banks, yeah. Azalea Banks was hanging out at the house with Grimes, and they were like recording stuff. And Azalea overheard; she was in the guest room. She overheard Elon basically have a meltdown in the kitchen and she like tweeted about yeah. what he was saying and then he you know it blew up from there and they never met 
So like on Twitter, they're having this beef. She's staying yeah. at his they're house. They're having an online feud in the same house. They've never seen each other. They, they don't know really what See, each other we does. We live on the weirdest planet. Please send me around the moon because I don't want to live on a planet where that kind of stuff happens. Okay, here's what was so baffling. It's like I, I read a, a few days before he was on the Rogan podcast. I listened. I read the very controversial New York Times interview where, you know, according to the interviewer, multiple times at the interview, he was getting choked up, like talking about how how stressed out he was and how overtired he was. And I expected someone who sounds somewhat fragile when, or, or, you know, like, like a normal vulnerable human that if you're working, you know, 15 hours a day, you're going to get burned out. And honestly, you know, that might not be the best look for a multi-billion dollar CEO, but it's human. You know what I mean? It's relatable. He was completely lucid and completely calm, but seemed like a non-human on when, when you heard him just, you know, converse in, in like a, a podcast setting, not in print. I thought it was pretty fascinating, though. I mean, I will say this. He seemed like a genius. I mean, he seemed like a legit genius. I didn't question like a lot of people like accuse him of being like a huckster. Like he makes these big, insane plans and can't... um can't possibly, uh, you know, follow through with them. And after listening to him, you're like, he seems like a legitimately brilliant guy. And I mean, you know, Tesla is an is an awesome innovation. SpaceX is sending is a private rocket country uh, company that is privatizing a business that used to only be that only governments controlled and is landing rockets vertically. I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff. He just seems socially very very weird he's but, just a uh, villain which is, which he's is, just a super which villain is, yeah i mean it's one thing like a lot of people are weird i'm weird like i'm glad that i'm not on joe rogan's podcast if i talk to anybody for three hours i'm gonna start saying some weird stuff i, I say weird stuff on this podcast for crying out loud but there just seems to be with with regards to elon musk there's a little extra edge of weirdness that makes me think he's got plans for the world that we don't know about he's gonna launch that them at some point sure in the true. future and yeah. we're all gonna we're all gonna say why didn't we listen to old tyler huckabee on the relevant podcast he was sounding the warning bell and we just kept on say, giving him money is he he is a combination of a, a superhero villain, you know, with some sinister plan and Tommy was so from the room. <laughs> like, that's the only way I can describe him. He like, did you see this week? He uh, t- t- announced that they are creating bricks because he's um, having to build, you know, he's wanting to build his boring company is building these tunnels all under L.A. and other cities where cars, they'll create an underground superhighway. And like, the thing about him is he'll conceive these seemingly outlandish uh, paradigm shifting solutions to the world's problems, right? So electric cars or an underground superhighway to alleviate congestion and pollution um, and these tubes and tunnels and hyperloop and all this stuff that he's, it's brilliant and expensive. And, uh, and so to, to, you know, facilitate them like Tesla, he had to build a factory yeah. to, he wanted to be completely automated, eliminate all human error and completely automated. Now they pulled off of that and, and, and he admitted his mistake in that, but like he's trying trying to rethink how we uh, operate as a civilization. And, and so like even the factory is completely off the grid and then to power that factory, he had to come up with a, a, a solar and energy solution, which then he rolled out as the power cells and the home solar. And, you know, like, so like to solve, to, 
to basically accomplish his dreams, he has to create infrastructure and products that don't exist. And then, then he rolls those out. It's actually the benefit of space exploration, NASA, cell phones, things that like America yeah. got because we had to create it for the space pioneer program, right? So that's what's happening with him. So this week, because he's got to create these bricks to build these underground layers and like this special kind of brick, he found a very energy efficient and low cost way of creating building materials. And so he announced that he's going to roll out these bricks and you can buy them. Boring bricks, you can buy them. And and then he said for any yeah, low cost housing you, project, he'll give them the bricks for brain free. To solve actual problems. Like, well, like he, solar energy. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's why try, I, I'm trying to in the dependence on fossil fuels is like his yeah. main thing. Yeah. I just feel like we should get him and Scott Harrison on a phone call and talk about how to get clean water to everyone, you know? And, and, and then, too, like all the congestion and pollution issues, especially in L.A. and other major metros, he's trying to solve that with this underground transportation system where, like, you will basically drive to an elevator shaft and your car will go down and get into a pod and the pod will be express delivered to another location two hours away or an hour away or across town or wherever, almost like a, an underground subway where you stay in your own car. And, like, that's a real thing. And he's working with real cities to really do this. And that will actually affect those cities in a significant way. I mean, so he is trying to solve problems. The thing that I read about him recently that I think is going to be interesting, how history looks at Elon Musk. I think he'll be an innovator along the lines of like the Einsteins of the world in the sense that not Einstein, maybe Edison, where he did things that changed how we lived, like obviously electric lights and power grid and all that kind of stuff. Edison. Um, I, I, I don't think he'll be known for building like Tesla becoming a major major, major, major corporation, right? Like, I think like, yeah, I think Tesla's time uh, of being like one of the most valued companies in the world, you can see ending because in 19 in 2019, 20 and 21, especially Mercedes, uh, Ford, uh, a number of manufacturers are going to be coming out with all electric SUVs, 300 mile ranges, you know, as good, if not better than what is what Tesla is offering. And the difference is those companies have the production expertise to market or manufacture at a scale. Like they can produce 300,000 cars in a year and it doesn't require the CEO sleeping under his desk, you know? And And so the, the, the the other thing too, to add that, like, I I mean, even he will admit, admit running the businesses is his least favorite part. You know, like I think he sees himself because even in that interview, he said, well, what do you see yourself as like in like, uh, um, a business person, a mogul, and he said an engineer. Yeah, that's, right. that's what he does. He, he makes things. So, so like, yeah. I think it's it's interesting, and uh, you know, probably more allegorical than he initially realized that he named his company after Nikola Tesla, who you know isn't. I mean, certainly an important figure in history, but he's not looked at in the same way that Edison is because Tesla was a weird eccentric well, guy. And, and, like, and his thing you know, about he, power, if if I recall, and I haven't read a ton about. Tesla, he had a way, his vision for the future, and this is back in like a hundred years ago in Edison's era that, that, so while Edison was running cables everywhere, Tesla's vision was to figure out a way that electricity could be transmitted wirelessly. So like in a room, electricity could jump and he was like experimenting with that stuff. And if that actually imagine that vision for the future, how pioneering would that have been in that era? They just left candlelight and and they had wired stuff and he's going no 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 electricity has a property that it can be transmitted 
without wires. And so like, imagine that world. And so that's what Elon Musk, I think, fancies himself as is like seeing outside of the box, proposing solutions, engineering that solution, and then maybe other people running with it at scale, you know? But 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 mm. I think the problem is with Tesla in his day and Elon Musk in his, the, both of those guys are a little unhinged at times, you know? I mean, te- uh, Musk is getting sued this week by one of the Thai cave rescuers because, uh, you know, Musk made wildly unfounded, very personal accusations that's, about that's him. That's pretty you know? bad. And he's getting sued for slander because of it, because the guy made fun of uh, Elon Musk's cave rescue submarine. You know, he uh, it is bad. And on the same podcast, he's, you know, drinking whiskey and he took a hit of a, a joint on a live streaming video like and, and the stock plummeted while he was recording because he doesn't act like people rightly expect someone who is in the seat of power that he is to act. And I think ultimately, I mean, you read stuff like with Tesla, too. He was a weird dude. In addition to be a visionary, he wasn't someone that, uh, you know, history remembers as like this kind of normal diplomatic um, contributor to society as much as they do as an eccentric genius. And I feel like to a degree, that's the same thing with Musk. I, 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 I am so drawn to guys like this though, or women and like this, any pioneer like this, that, that sees outside of the box and, and in their day, a lot of times are disdained. I even think back in the eighties and nineties of Richard Branson trying to disrupt the airline industry. If you read his biography, he, how he started in the seventies with a magazine, actually Virgin was built starting with a college magazine where he did mail order albums on the back couple pages. And, and then there was a mail strike in London And this is in the early 70s when music, you know, late 60s, early 70s, music was huge. And there's a mail strike. So he couldn't do his mail order stuff out the back of his college magazine. And so he opened up a shop. That was the first Virgin Megastore, first Virgin record store. And then Virgin, that happened. Then he started recording albums. And then that was Virgin Records. And then he took his money and he decided he was going to disrupt another industry and he went after airlines and he, and he went after British airways, which was a monopoly. And he, and he said, there's another way to do this, a better way to do this. And he disrupted it. And they, he talked about the legal stuff and he was just like, I mean, he was like gone after by, by with the power structure and stuff. And then, but he was a disruptor. And I love that. And I love that about Elon, his, his ideas are disruptive, you know? And so it's like, I'm wondering like how I, I get inspired by that. Like things are how they are, but how could they be? Yeah. You know, like they, these guys think about what could be, not what is. And that, that is incredibly inspiring to me. And I, and I, and I, and so I root for him, you know, he's crazy, but I root for him because like, I, I like what he brings to our society. The, the other you know? thing that but, those two yeah. guys, and it's probably a lot of people who occupy that role in history have in common is they're optimists to the core, you know, like they can look at circumstances and honestly, you, you know, because even, you know, because he was asked about that and kind of said, like, what's the point of having a pessimistic view? You're just going to resign yourself to right. how things are. Unless you can be hopeful, unless you have hope, then there, there's no point in trying to be inventive because it, it's ultimately 
uh, futile, but you have to approach things with some sort of optimism that it can be disrupted in a good way and can be. Yeah, improved. and I, I mean, I hear that and I believe that that's true of him. But based on what I've read, I haven't listened to his, um, you know, filibuster with <laughs> with Joe Rogan. But I think there's got I mean, I'm with you, Cameron. That's super inspiring. But I want to see people do it in a way that their lives are also thriving, not sleeping under their desks. Right. Like there's got to be a way that we can uh-huh. interrupt like that and do do important work like that and also be good humans and good to the people around us. And I don't know. I just think that's who I want to see. I want to see the people who are doing this kind of work, but also really thriving as humans. I think he'll I think he'll pull back. This is my gut on him. I think he'll pull back on being the operational head of his companies. So he can be the visionary head of his companies. I think he'll, but you know, the thing is like, he's what he's got to learn the hard way is he's known as CEO that he had a vision for how the assembly line is going to go. And he was down there as an engineer fixing the robot that broke with the guys working the line, you know, like that's not the role of a CEO. You know what I mean? That's some other lane. A CEO should be running the business. And so like, I think he'll have to figure that out. And I agree with you completely. Andy. when I hear this stuff, I'm like, he's going to burn out. We are going to lose his contribution to society. And it's like, he's his own worst right, enemy. Right. He has too many ideas and he's spread way too thin and he's fighting with Azalea yeah. Banks in his own house on the internet. I, and mean, I think that's what, weird. what the, the struggles with these guys who, who eat, sleep and breathe these dreams and visions they have uh, is that at some point they've got to learn to let them mm-hmm. go and delegate them to other people who can take them to places that you couldn't on your own. But it's, I think that's really, really difficult, especially for futurists like Elon Musk to do, because you've seen this all. You've been thinking about it your entire life. You've been sleeping under your desk to make it come to yeah. life and letting go of that trust somebody else to work with it is really difficult. It takes a lot of humility. A lot of these like dot com, Silicon Valley startup mindset guys is they're working 22 hours a day to get the startup funding or whatever. And then they flip the business and they cash in. Right. So in their mind for these next mm-hmm. four years, nothing else matters. I'm building this business and then I'm going to live off that in this next era. That's not Elon's mindset. And yeah. so like his thing has no exit point. Now he, He's doing Tesla. He's doing boring. He's doing, I mean, he's going to launch SpaceX. He's going to launch other things and he's not letting go of it. You know? And so like, that's the tough thing is like, he doesn't have an exit plan. And so like, he's, I I don't know how you run SpaceX, how you run Tesla with the challenges that it's facing in the market. And then, and then also boring and also innovate and be a good human. Right. I mean, I think, I think you can do all those things if you will rest like, like you're supposed to, you know, I think you can do this for the long haul and be creative. Like he's being creative and innovative. If you're taking a day off a week, or <laughs> you two. know, we're going to bed at nine. Yeah. I'm feeling it right now. I, I, I'm the same thing. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm feeling the spread too thin thing that we talk about this a lot. There's a theme here on the show lately, but like we do working. I, I mean, obviously there's a lot of challenges in media. There's always a moving target. A lot of changes at relevant, a lot of new things this fall we're launching, we're working, uh, looking down the road, uh, hiring right now. We're trying to hire five or six people, finding the right people. I have a, I just got dinged out of an interview as soon as we're done with the podcast. I mean, it's like a lot going on at work, thousand percent. And then I go home and I'm in the middle of, I live in a construction site right now because I'm trying to do a home renovation and I'm the general contractor. I'm the GC. So I'm dealing with these trades. I'm subs. I'm making plans. I'm ordering materials. I'm like, that's my other job. I'm trying to be a good dad on top of it. You know, like get rest. I'm where I'm literally Annie. I'm going to bed at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning every day and getting up at six yeah. every day, six days a week. 
I hate it. And I know it's a season, but it's just like, I feel it, man. When I saw Elon like snapping, I was going, yeah. <laughs> and I don't have a tenth, I don't have a thousandth of the pressure. <laughs> I mean, he everyone's has, like you know? busting his chops for, and I'm not, it's, don't take this as me like supporting any kind of use of any substance, but like, the other criticism was how does he have if he's so busy how does he have time to sit down in this you know weird man cave with this controversial podcaster for three hours and have a couple of drinks and just you know pontificate yeah. and it's like probably because he needed yeah. to yeah. probably because <laughs> he has no other normal human interaction in his life and it's probably good to sit down and have some sort of normal human yeah. interaction even if you're going to take yeah. heat for it it's like people are still human I, I beings know, right? I, you know? And it's, I mean, I hear you, Cameron, saying this is just a season, but the concern is from in my life, and I think in your life too, and in Elon Musk's life, is when this season ends, something else will want to fill in that spot, and this could be how we live. Yeah. I, I My pastor was talking at church on Sunday, and he said he, he was in counseling the other day, and, and his counselor asked him, you know, he was talking about the same thing. He's spread pretty thin right now and got all the plates spinning, but, you know, feeling it. And he goes, and the counselor goes, what's your vice? And he said, so many leaders mm. who are stressed and don't have an outlet for, you know, balance and margin in their life, like turn to vices to, to, yeah. you know, cope alcohol, like, like privately getting drunk or women, or, you know, there's so many things that secret life, something snaps and so many leaders. And, and that's, that's the fear with, living that kind of life at a thousand miles an hour is like, nobody can sustain that. You can do it in bursts. Anybody yeah. can, but you can't sustain it. And what is the crutch that then emerges to cope? You know, yeah. that's the, that's yeah. the concern. And so that's yeah. when you look at like so many leaders, we talk about this after the Willow Creek stuff. I mean, like so many leaders, like over the years, little by little, the vices emerge and it's not one big decision they become a different person. That's right, Cameron. It's like it's little by little by little by little. I think where a lot of uh, a lot of leaders, a lot of people fall apart is you hear these big dramatic stories of the vices that people succumb to. Then, like like uh, drugs, uh, getting a drinking problem, having an affair. Uh, but for a lot of us, and in, in my life at least, it's often looked much more benign from the surface. Um, it, it, it's my uh, my my vices have tended towards pretty mundane things that are not damaging to to my life, to my relationships. Uh, and right. when they, they, they compound and they're there and they keep me away from doing the things I need to do to take good care of myself, to be a good person, to, to treating others really well, to treating myself well. And that's where what I've had to learn about myself is that I can be, I can look okay and not be okay. And that's, that's a hard lesson to learn. Well, I, well, and I also think we live in an, in a culture that has developed a cult around productivity where how to maximize your time, how to, you know, what's, how to, how to, and it's like, and it's easy to get in that mindset. I've gotten that mindset a bunch of times where I see someone like a buddy going to play golf or going fishing or doing something that's like an all day. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that. I got, I got a lot of stuff I got to do. And it's like, maybe he's right and I'm wrong here. Like maybe it's okay to, to actually do things leisurely that you're not always consumed with being productive. Like I, I feel like that. I feel like we, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, the era of 
Sheryl Sandberg and Tim Ferriss and, you know, all the, these gurus, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell and the 10,000 hours thing, like these gurus of how to maximize your potential and maximize your productivity and efficiency as a human. And it's like, good, Jesse. well, I don't know if that's really what the intention was. I think, you know, God was way more concerned about mm-hmm. the relational aspects than the, you know, productive aspects in a lot of ways. Like he, I think we are way more called mm-hmm. to just go sometimes be a good hang than we are to go work on the next project that could affect a lot of people. I, you know, our lives are supposed to be relational because what if that is your vice? What if your vice exactly. is success and your vice is achieving? Everyone else thinks you're doing so much for the world. And the truth is you're avoiding what is really hurting you. And, and, and why that really vice wrong. is so dangerous is there is no rock bottom. Mm. You know, like if you if, if, if you right. have like a That's substance right, problem. Jesse. Uh, unfortunately there's going to be a rock bottom. Hopefully it's before it's too late. Or if you have, you know, you're living this double life, it's eventually going to be exposed. You're going to hit a rock bottom. But if your vice is a a, a point of success that you'll, will never be obtainable because once you hit where you thought you'd be happy, the, the goalpost moves back 10 yards, you know, you're never going to hit a rock bottom. And that's really dangerous because you can live your life on a hamster wheel and never realize you're running in place. And in fact, people will encourage you. People yes. will tell you like that they're inspired by how much you've accomplished yeah. and and how like how tireless you are and how I don't know how you get it all done. I don't know how you like how you find time to do all of this. And that doesn't that uh you, you don't have the sort of checks or red flags that we're trained to look for that we grow up looking for. We're not a country that's very good at at resting. We wrote about this recently in the magazine. We, yeah, that we're yeah. just that we're not a country that's very good at resting. I have noticed late, a real concern for me lately is people start conversations with me like, hey, I know you're so busy, but or I'll get emails that start with, I know you're so busy. And I think I am I am being found out. Right? <laughs> like I am. It is, And I don't I mean, I don't think my life is much busier than anybody else's. I think my job looks different, but I don't think my life is much busier than anybody else's. But somehow I am portraying to the world that I am incredibly busy and, and my life looks busier than it feels, which probably means my feeler is off, right? That I'm not yeah. resting like I should and not doing the hang stuff, Jesse, that you're talking about. Like that my number one, I mean, what Jesus said, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What he told us to do is love God and love people. Yeah. And if that's and, and what the, we do, then we've done it. And, and, and the, and the, 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 the gate is narrow. The, the path is narrow and the gate is small, not because of all the moral decisions you have to ma- make. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not because of all the things that we've made it. It's because it's hard to, to trust that. Look, things are outside of my control and I got to be cool with that. And mm-hmm. I have to spend my time with people and not chasing down my own stuff. Like it's very hard to stay on that path. That's why it's narrow. It's not because we have a big list of no-nos that are going to draw us away. It's because our impulse is in the garden to be like God, to, to yeah. carry the weight that he's to, to pull a weight that only he is supposed to carry. And it, it, that's what pulls us off the path. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. makes it about kind of these vices, but in reality, that, that, that's a symptoms, that's a symptom of a disease. And if you only treat the symptoms, you're never going to cure what's wrong. You Come know? on preacher, say that. See, I hear, mm. I hear you say that the gate is small 
and this is my life, I go, man, see, you got to get that fixed. So I lost the contract. So you got to make that gate a little wider. And he's going to tell me it's $1,100. And I'm hey, like, well, you got to hey, have a wider hey. gate because you can't get the mower through it. And then fine. Well, there's another $1,100 out the window. Let me tell you how freeing this was. I just got stressed out hearing your little Bible lesson, Jesse. I have Jesse. a small gate in my backyard. I borrowed my cousin's mower who lives down the street, rode it all the way over here. The, the mower wouldn't go through. And I was just like, nah, forget it. I'm just not going to cut. And it was fantastic. It was a great feeling. I did, and I and I got a sweet. That is the most freaking story you've ever told me. Riding lawnmower ride through the neighborhood. I was waving to the neighbors. It's very leisurely. It only goes. There's a governor on that thing. Even with the blade up, it's only going so fast. I got a nice little afternoon uh, mower ride. It wasn't even cutting. I was like, you know what? And I'll, I'll let go for a week. I'll just get someone out. Here. Not a big deal. I'm not going to sweat this one. You know. <laughs> Hey, Cameron, I just want to say to you, in a year, when your house is done, your house will be way done in a year. If, you're, if your life is still this stressful, and if you are still sleeping so little, we're having a real conversation about it. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I'm actually not worried about it in the sense that I am. I, things are crazy right now on the home front because I'm accelerating it on purpose. Like, I'm instead of having one guy just kind of going at his pace. I'm, I'm having like seven crews on top of each other. Sure. Cause let's get this thing done. You know what I mean? And I, so it's just a lot of overlapping complexities, but I'll be done in like, I'm a just month. telling you as your friend, as so, your Annie in a year, if you still feel this stressed, I'm saying something. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, you know what? This was a long segment. Uh, it's time for, in case you missed it, but why don't we take a break and come back and do that? All right. Stay tuned up next. In case you missed it. This podcast is brought to you by Fuller Seminary. Ministry looks different than it did even 10 years ago. Fuller prioritizes an innovative, forward-looking environment where students and faculty can explore the intersects of work and theology and encourage one another in their callings. To support this collaboration, Fuller is now offering the Catalyst Scholarship to select incoming Masters of Divinity students for winter 2019. Recipients will receive a 50% discount off tuition during their first year of study at Fuller. This new scholarship supports the theological education and spiritual formation of innovative, collaborative students who want to be a part of a diverse and inspiring learning community. You're listening to Hozier. The song is Nina Cried Power. It's featuring Mavis Staples. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Loud Forest with Hold On. Okay, it's time for In Case You Missed It. We've never done it like this before. Hey, guys, uh, this week, in case you missed it, Odell Beckham Jr. took to Instagram to thank God for healing him. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it's a football season. Uh, the New York Giants superstar uh, was on the field for a Sunday night football matchup this week with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it, come, it came just weeks after signing a contract to make him one of the highest paid players in the NFL. But considering last year ended with a devastating leg injury that required surgery, the comeback wasn't always a sure thing. But now Odell Beckham Jr. is thanking God for allowing him to get back on the field. Along with an image of him on his hands and knees praying on the field, he posted on Instagram, mind, body, soul, spirit. God, I can't thank you enough for completely putting me back together and giving me another opportunity. It's our time all caps. And in another post, he wrote, Lord, I come to you at this time, not to ask you for anything, but just to say, 
Thank you. Uh, Beckham uh, has recently experienced a sort of spiritual awakening after visiting the Holy Land where he was baptized in the Jordan River. In the caption for an image uh, where he was showing the baptism, he wrote, fresh start. What a time. Unforgiven. Pretty cool. There's a lot of outspoken Christian guys in the NFL. I mean, especially after the Eagles last year and... You know, you just hear about revival kind of happening in the NFL. It's really cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, Odell Beckham, he's so influential even off the field. Like, he might be the most, like, culturally influential player in the league right now. I mean, he's such as, like, a fashion. in in that league. Okay, I was going to say, because, like, I was going to say, like, LeBron and stuff, but you're saying... In in the the NFL. NFL. I mean, but he hangs out with LeBron. You know what I mean? He's a guy who has, like... I know, he was on the HBO thing, the the shop. He was on the shop with LeBron. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I'm glad to see a guy of his profile and influence, you know, I thought it was really powerful. The picture was him on his, literally on his hands and knees, like really kind of humble, a guy who's known for swag on and off the field, showing like a display of, you know, humility. I think when I, when I become famous and I will, (laughs) I'm going to do what what Odo Odo Beckham Jr. does. I'm going to like post like prayers and and Bible verses, but they're going to be really weird ones. Like I'm going to (laughs) pray imprecatory Psalms and not like subtweet, like nah, I'm not anybody just like just post it with a picture of my coffee and my bible and and just uh, and, let, and just let people like people it's basically you're gonna you're gonna do like a christian kanye feed basically just a weird just completely out of nowhere selection just, of thoughts out of left field. so if elon kanye and jesus yeah. had a twitter feed that would be oh boy oh boy feed. so christianity today will like talk about it like hey tyler huckabee world famous superstar tweeted a bible verse today we don't totally follow why or what's going on with him but we'll call it a win this is from a genealogy found in the first chapter of amos let's see what this means let's dig in <laughs> amos that's a deep that's good i haven't heard somebody throw an amos in the deep in a while. Wow. um hey in case you missed it this week carrie underwood opened up about uh how three miscarriages affected her faith uh, this past weekend, she was a guest on CBS Sunday Morning to discuss her new album, Cry Pretty, but things took an emotional turn when she began to discuss some of the events of the last year that inspired some of the record's heavier songs. Following multiple miscarriages, uh, Carrie described feeling guilty about being angry with God because her family is so blessed, but also explains how it's okay to sometimes be mad at God. Here's a clip. Then one night, after what she thought was another miscarriage, she says she prayed like never before. Mike was away just for the evening, and I, I, uh, I texted him, and I was like, you know, I just, I don't really want to be alone, so I'm just going to go snuggle with Isaiah. And uh, I don't know how I didn't wake him up, but I was just sobbing. And I was like, why on earth do I keep getting pregnant if I can't have a kid? Like, what is this? It's shut the door. Like, do something. Either shut the door or let me have a kid. And uh, for the first time, I feel like I actually told God how I felt. And I feel like we're supposed to do that. That was like a Saturday. And the Monday, I went to the doctor to, like, confirm another miscarriage. And uh, they told me everything was great. And I was like, you heard me. Not that he hasn't in the past, but maybe, I don't know. I just, he heard me. God heard your prayer. Anytime you see a celebrity being vulnerable on a medium that a lot of times it's used to kind of promote things 
you know, that's fine. That's how it works. I understand that people come to talk about their album or their book or their movie or whatever, but, uh, to get vulnerable is kind of refreshing, but also just to have that kind of like real talk about faith about, Hey, it's okay to be mad at God and not understand. I thought that was really kind of a refreshing perspective. I thought it was really beautiful. I think I watched that whole interview and I just think she, she is, um, she is really careful about protecting her privacy in her life, which she, sh- th- she should be, uh, they, she and Mike are really good about like laying low. And so for her to be so open, there's been a lot of people in country music that have struggled with fertility and have been really open about it. And it's been, and people magazine has covered it. It's just been a real, um, it, it's just real beautiful for her to lead the way again. in that, like some other people have in that industry, just given permission for people to feel. And you know what I want though? I want like, I want to hear Mike talk about it too. I want to hear the husband's point of view, uh, talk about what that experience has been like too. But I just thought it was so beautiful of her to be so honest. Is it like, is it a higher percentage in country music than others? Or is it just, there's maybe more married couples that are prominent in country music than pop or other? I mean, having family, and being in a family and growing a family seems to be more popular in country music and Christian music maybe than another thing. I don't know, I don't but maybe, yeah, they, maybe it's just like people are, you know, even if, if yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. statistically the same. Yeah. People, people might not open up about it. Yeah. That, that might be a reminder that we, you just don't know people are going through. Maybe there is maybe that, right. you know, hopefully Carrie Underwood being as open as she was, can encourage people yeah. who are in other genres where that's not really a subject that comes up as much to open up about it too. Uh, not that anybody needs yeah. to, or that that's going to be like a healthy thing for anybody that for everybody to yeah. do necessarily. Right. But, that's right. But yeah. I am a believer that that this this seems like it's been a, yeah. a powerful, important moment for her, and I'm glad she's able to share it. Lastly, uh, in case you missed it, this week, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I always love when a slice starts off with Mark Wahlberg because it's time to buckle up. Same, <laughs> this same. could go anywhere. Same, same. Posted a uh, Instagram video where he detailed or, or, or posted where he detailed his daily yeah. routine. Uh, the 47 year old actor took to Instagram to answer some questions from fans regarding his fitness routine. He surprised his followers by giving them a peek into his grueling schedule, which typically begins I could not at believe 30 a.m. So, yeah, it's it's really <laughs> it's been talked about quite a bit on the Internet this week. His schedule. He goes to bed at like, yeah, 730. I mean, I might, here's my thing. Okay, you go to bed at seven thirty, get up at two thirty, yeah. just shift it back. <laughs> just go to bed like a normal person at ten and get up at like five. You know what I mean? We're still impressed. You get up at five every day. You don't need to get up at two thirty, weirdo. But but it, but he starts at two thirty to pray. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like so, the first thing he does is pray for a half hour. So he's you know he's been vocal about his Catholic faith, especially lately. Uh, he he told a, a group of young adults at an outreach event in 2017, every day is a process. That's why I start my day every day by getting on my hands and knees and starting a time of prayer and reading scripture. And I feel like I can go out there and conquer the world or at least do my job and give back because I've been blessed so much. Uh, but yeah, he starts from 2.30 to 3. When is, I uh, saw that he his starts his day time. at 2.30 a.m. with prayer and working out. Like, I was like, man, talk about this is a guy who's got a busy you know, life. You know, we're talking about the burnout thing. I mean, I don't see how you get, you don't get burnt out working at 2.30. Then I looked at some other stuff on his, on his, uh, on his schedule and some of it's no. like golf, snack, mm. snack, snack, meal, <laughs> yeah, cryogenic <laughs> chamber recovery. I'm like, okay, he's, he's, uh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Here it is. 2.30 a.m., wake up and pray. 3.15 a.m., breakfast. Okay, so that's a good yeah. little pad there. He's not, yeah. he's not rushing out of bed, you know. Uh, breakfast. <laughs> 3.40 to 5.15, okay. 
workout. Yeah. His day is like at the midpoint now. We're all still in right, bed. Right, right. Mark's, Mark's <laughs> yeah. already knocked like four things yeah, off his yeah, yeah. list. I'm not even yeah. thinking about okay. waking up yet. 5.30 a.m. No, it's yeah. not even on the radar. 5.30 a.m. post-workout meal. Meal okay. number two by 5.30 a.m. <laughs> 6 a.m. Yeah. So that's a solid half hour. He'd give yeah. himself a good half hour each time. So he's been eating yeah. for an hour at this point. 6 a.m. I want to point shower. out to the fact I so, okay, hats yeah. off for him for praying. But at this point, it's 6 a.m. He has spent over an hour eating, over an hour working out, and just a half hour of prayer. So he's fine. He's fine. But most mm. of this is eating right now. Yeah. Uh, 6 a.m. Shower. 7.30 a.m. What golf. That is a long, <laughs> leisurely shower. Okay. I If he wanted to get to bed earlier, I could see some shaving off some time. Like, I could eat in five minutes. I could eat in five minutes and shower in five and sleep for another hour and a half if you really wanted to, Mark. You could really sleep in till three, you know, till 4 a.m. if you wanted to. Maybe he's napping in there, yeah. too. Maybe there are these little naps that he's not telling us. I don't know. I mean, that's just a, that is a, an extravagant shower. So, 7.30 a.m., 7.30 a.m. golf, 8 a.m. snack, and then 9.30 a.m. cryo chamber recovery. So here's my question. Is he <laughs> snacking on the golf course or is he playing golf for half an hour? Like what golf course? It lasts like four hours. If he's playing a full round, but maybe he's just, you know, uh, maybe he's got like a yeah, drive around. Maybe he's just yeah, hitting a few balls. Maybe it's just a, or, or maybe it's a mini golf situation. <gasps> he plays like, around a putt putt every morning. <laughs> I want that to be true. <laughs> He's got, yeah, he's got like a indoor mini golf in his house in the basement. Uh, 9.30 a.m. Okay. okay, now the world is awake. He is going to his cryo chamber recovery. Remember, he's been eating for <laughs> an hour at this point. Like, he played a round of golf. You're not, you're not in those things very long. That's like you're, you How long can't... is he in there, Cameron? Uh, well, 9.30 a.m. Uh, next <gasps> thing on the schedule, out, 11. For sure he's okay. snoozing. That could okay. be an hour and a half of cryo. He's out for that hour and a half. Okay. But this is, this is the complicated part, Jesse. 11 a.m. to 1 he writes down family time that's slash a, that, that's meeting wide slash open. work calls. He's got every morning. Yeah, every morning. Family he's time out. Yeah, yeah. is meeting and work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the yeah, getting on the blower about Wahlberg. Wait, do y'all not schedule your calls? Like, why is that? I don't understand why that part's weird. I feel like that's very smart. Because like, hey, schedule your family oh, time sorry, separate sorry, from okay, your okay. work time. Don't yeah. don't I, I take I, away I, from it your says kids. Getting on the Come blower on, about Wahlberg. All right, one p.m. <laughs> he's making he's making some calls. <laughs> one p.m. lunch. Okay, so the two hours of your family being neglected so for rude. work calls. Then two and then lunch. Full hour again for food. Two p.m. meetings and work calls. No families allowed on this one. These are these are tough. Uh, Three p.m. pick up the kids yeah. from school. Okay, that's nice every day. 4 p.m., second workout, 5 p.m., shower, so that was a one-hour workout, 5.30 p.m., dinner and family time, and then so for two hours, and then 7.30 p.m., bed. Again, you could push yeah. a lot of that back and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, feels... I can shave off enough time right. where anyway. he's getting, I, honestly, go. just off the top of my head, he's going and, and still keep his bedtime. Maybe he just likes to go to bed when it's so light outside. But if he wants to keep at 7.30, I can get him 14 hours of sleep a night. I can find enough time to shave off yeah. of that schedule where maybe he's even getting a nine holes in. He didn't have to keep it to half an hour. I get him nine holes to go off. I can get him 14 hours of sleep a night if he would consult with me. Mark, the offer's open. Okay, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Wild Nothing joins us.
Listening to Laney, the song is Thick and Thin. They have a new album coming. Well, this week's show is brought to you by a new sponsor, Care Of. It's a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Oh, okay. okay, I am a customer of Care Of, and I have to tell you about my experience. It is unbelievable. So you go online to Care Of's website. Uh, you do this kind of fun quiz asking you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices, how much you drink, how much you rest, you know, all that kind of stuff. It takes only about five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. So 90% of people fall short of FDA recommended guidelines and at least one vitamin or nutrient. So when you take care of quiz and get the vitamins you need, uh, you can get back on track and reach your health goals. So the vitamins get delivered right to your door and personalized, easy to remember daily packs Perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Cool. Um, wow. So, so, so this box shows up, and I open it, and it it's like says Cameron and whatever, and it shows me my nutrition plan, which you know the site already did, but it reminds me. And then there's this like slender box, which is really cool-looking design, and you put it on your kitchen counter, and on the bottom you just pull out your daily pack, and it says for Cameron. And it has a little quote or whatever, and it's my vitamin oh, selection cool. every day. It's great. It is really, really cool. And then uh, the cool thing about Care of is a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. Um, so you can, you can track your progress with the Care of app. You can earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. And your monthly subscription box can be easily modified at any time. They also have delicious nutrient-packed uh, quick stick powders that can be added to your monthly delivery for an extra easy boost whenever cool. you need it. I'm telling you, yeah. it's really cool. I like every day I'll do my routine. I take my vitamins. I eat my. And eggs you know what? And you're saving by eating that. You're saving by Mark Wahlberg calculation seven hours a day yeah. of snack <laughs> that you're doing in one vitamin load to get the same nutritional impact. I'm telling you, I love care of when I, you know, I, I started doing it when I heard they wanted, they were interested in sponsoring the podcast. And I'm telling you, I'm a fan. Like, was I'm a the customer. quiz kind of like, fun I, to I, take? I would imagine great. the quiz is fun. Well, I was, yeah, because it was like one of those things that like, if it was a doctor sitting in the room asking me these things, I would maybe fudge, <laughs> but I'm kind of going, well, you eat how many gummy worms a week? <laughs> you yeah. drink how much? Shut up, judgy coke? doctor. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's what it kind of is like, how much sleep are you really getting? And it's like, well, you know, yeah, six, seven, eight hours. Whatever. No, I'm getting three and a half hours a night. You know I mean? Like things like that was like, okay, well then you need this. And they mailed you a pillow. <laughs> like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a great thing. Uh, they have a special deal for relevant podcast listeners right now. You can get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins by visiting takecareof.com and entering promo code relevant. Go do it. 25% off your first month. Takecareof.com. Enter promo code RELEVANT. While nothing's unique brand of dream pop pulls from elements of 80s top 40 and modern indie rock to create a sound that's all their own, their new album Indigo has just dropped to rave reviews for its synth-powered ballads and heartfelt lyrics. We recently spoke with the band's singer and principal songwriter Jack Tatum about the new album and the inspiration behind it. Here is While Nothing. So when you were in the early stages of this album, what goals were you hoping to accomplish? I think with Indigo, 
I realized kind of, um, you know, after a, a, a little while of, of trying to kind of like write songs and just see what, what was sticking, I realized that I was kind of gravitating back towards, uh, you know, this this sound that I thought defined the project. And, and I think it was it was a lot more, it, it was a much more self-referential record in a lot of ways than, than things I've done in the past because obviously, you know, like with the first record, it was, it was, it was aiming very much to, to kind of hit these certain touchstones and these, these certain bands, you know, a lot of eighties bands that the people have always kind of connected me to bands like new order and Cogna twins, blah, blah, blah. But I think now that, that it's, you know, the project is, has been going on for, I don't know, like nine years or something. So, I've, I've just, you know, I, I have this whole catalog of my own to pull from and be like, okay, well, you know, what was I trying to do here on this record? You know, it, it ended up being, I think, uh, a record that that referenced myself while also having its own set of kind of like sonic goals. And I wanted it to be a much more hi-fi record. I wanted it to be a much kind of like cleaner, crisp sounding record. So where did that sonic direction take you in terms of the lyrics? I feel like it became a record of finding beauty in these, in these mundane details. And, you know, I've, I've been talking about this this movie, um, Wings of Desire. It's like a, a Vin Vendors movie. And um, it, it's a movie that, that, I've, that I've always really loved. But but I think it, like, I, I kind of rewatched it recently, um, maybe like a, a year ago or so. And, and it, it just, yeah, there was like this sort of emotional resonance that, that really hit me where, you know, the, the basic premise of this, this movie is that there's this angel in Berlin that kind of comes down to observe human behavior and becomes just like so infatuated and, and so desirous to, to become human yeah. because he just like so badly wanted to experience these, these really sort of mundane things of just like being able to touch someone or being able to, to like eat something or, or hear like these noises so i don't know it was, yeah. it was just there was something about that that i really liked that that i, that I thought really sort of connected to to my own worldview and and just in terms of the things that i wanted to write about so yeah that that, that kind of became i think the, the overarching theme of this record in some ways about some of those internal struggles whether it's, it's a struggle to kind of like um, maintain an attention span or whether it's a struggle of kind of like you know I think we all kind of have these internal questions about are we doing the right thing are we living our life the right way and I think there is some you know inevitable kind of like questions that, that come up when you do sort of choose I mean, I feel like in, in my private life, you know, I do want things to be very sort of like 
organized and comfortable and like streamlined. And then, you know, I think as an artistic person, sometimes you're like, oh God, like, am I setting myself up for failure in my creative life? Because, you know, because of like a lack of conflict, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be creative, it's important to sort of pursue experience, but sometimes that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, and I think another thing too, is that it's, how do you, how do you keep writing and how do you keep creating when generally speaking, you're like a happy person. And, and I think that's, um, you know, it's, it's an, an extremely, extremely small problem on, on the, the, the scope of, of things. It's not even really a problem, but, but it is at least something to navigate in terms of like how to keep creating. And, and, and so I think for, you know, a lot of this record was kind of about routine as well trying to kind of like find the ways to, to, to keep writing and to keep creative. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. And I think it's, it's kind of like trying, trying to create a testament to like, the fact that like you can be like a happy person, but still be making music. I always think of making records as, as kind of like the thing that I do for myself and then and then touring as the thing that, that I do for other people. It's like the external version of the project where, where I get to kind of like connect with people on a face-to-face level. And so I think just by, by playing shows so much over the past, you know, almost 10 years, whatever, whatever relationship I have with my own music, it becomes a very different thing once, once I see people reacting to it face to face and, and hear people telling me what it means to them or like what they think this lyric means or like why a particular song has helped them. I think after a while of that happening, it really like has, has affected me. And so I feel some sort of like obligation, at least within the, the confines of this project to kind of like continue it and continue the, the sort of aesthetic and emotional, um, intention that, that I started it with. And so in that sense, you know, I think I have tried very hard to kind of make sure that there is like a line that you can trace from the very beginning to where I am now in terms of like these, these records sitting in a similar headspace. That was Wild Nothing. Make sure to check out their new album, Indigo. It's out now. listening to Dej Loaf with Leon Bridges. The song is liberated. Okay, it's time for your feedback. 
Uh, well, last week, uh, Chandler got the gift of a lifetime. A Chili's Red Card. Yeah. At least you the know. gift of the year, because it lasts Blackboard. It's a year's worth. One year. Yeah. I uh, got us thinking about gifts, things we've received, and I uh, got us thinking of the opposite of what Chandler received. <laughs> we wanted to know what the worst or weirdest gift uh, you've ever received was. You hit us up on Twitter, at Roland Podcast, and you also posted on last Friday's podcast episode page. Here are a few of our favorites. Ryan George says the worst <laughs> gift, and it, says it was given earnestly, not ironically, uh, was a large Harley Davidson motorcycle art piece comprised exclusively of tiny springs. He says, I've never owned a motorcycle, a motorcycle license, or have any interest in Harley culture. <laughs> I'm assuming it's hanging in the <laughs> It's like, it's like that reminds me of Wayne's world when Wayne's girlfriend gives him a gun rack. Uh-huh. Do you guys remember that scene? And he's like, he's like, I don't own, I don't even own a gun, much less multiple guns to necessitate an entire rack. It's, it's a good scene. Over Classic, on Twitter, our friend Kiki good said scene. the best gift she ever received was salvation from Jesus Christ. Hashtag blessed. Mm. The, and I think we all know. Oh, that's nice. Duh, Kiki. Yeah. The worst gift she ever got was a couple of Texas scratchers taped inside a Dave Ramsey book, which that's, <laughs> she ended it there. <laughs> and I've got a lot more quite like I'm half, I'm, I'm half a mind to call her up because that's pretty great. Surely Dave does not approve of, of scratchers, right? No. So either it's a very misguided, <laughs> right. earnest, like ant or something. But it seems like, or yeah, the, it's a very, yeah. very good the, You know why Scratchers who, are the best who, gift? Because it could be a gift of a million dollars. It could be. Like, you know, I mean, it could be <laughs> just trash. It could be a chore. It's a thought it could that be counts, a chore right, Jesse? that you have to clean up after. Yeah. It's the worst idea. Why don't they do pull and peel Scratchers? Those, those little scratching things make a mess. But either way, it's a great gift because it's potentially <laughs> The Dave book and the, and the Scratcher tickets just don't go hand in hand. It's, it's like, no. it's like, Putting yeah. a few like Scientology documents in the back of a right. Bible. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, either you, an you anti- pick here, one or the other. There's two options. No, it said she handed the book and said the choice is yours. You can either do the right thing, throw those in the garbage and keep right. them far away from your envelopes where you have all your you know spending money, or right. you can throw the book away and take the tickets. I hope she scratched and won millions of dollars. Every Plus I here. assume most people know. win millions. She hasn't said one way or the other. Scratchers, yeah. Uh, Noah Starkson said on Facebook or on, sorry, on our website, my college had a guitar hero competition for two days. So he signed up for the second day. This is brilliant. Cameron, you're going to love this guy. He signed up for the second day (laughs) and went and watched on the first day so that he knew what song was being used for the competition. So we went back to his dorm and practiced that song all night long, came back the next day and won and he won a MacBook and then he sold it. That is, yeah, that's right. awesome. that's a great gift, and that's pretty that's brilliant. Go, wa- I mean, yeah. what are the cha- why would they use the same song for everybody? But he gets to he watched the whole thing and then went and competed. I think that's brilliant. That's beating the system. That's not cheating. That's beating the system. Work smart, not hard. Noah, <laughs> yeah. I like you. I was I, I Cohen, uh, my son and I were this weekend working on the house, and it was a big day of like a lot of work, and I, he had to work or whatever. And he was like, we were like moving stuff. And he was like taking all these little loads. And I was like, buddy, why don't you like double up this, that, whatever. And he's like, and I was like, you got to work, work smarter, not harder. 
And that was such a paradigm shift to him. He like talked about that later in the day. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, you know how he talked about working smarter. Now? Yeah, I he's, he's yeah. going to pull, pull he, on a Huck Finn. He's going to trick the neighborhood kids into thinking moving right. stuff is fun. And all of a sudden that's they're right. the ones out there painting the fence. <laughs> well, there's a lot more uh, where those are. You guys have gotten some really terrible gifts, especially from office white uh, or Santa, uh, secret Santas and stuff like that. So go check those out on Twitter and at the podcast page. Okay, aside for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, you know, we spent a lot of time being very inspired by Marky Mark's daily schedule. Very inspired. It's aspirational. I wonder if his friends call him Marky Mark. Or do they just call him Mark? I bet they call him Marky Mark. They, they call him Mark. I'm wondering whatever happened to the Funky Bunch. I mean, that's the issue for me. They're living, like, they're living on Funky Bunch residuals, man. Even uh, Will Smith, when he'll go on a talk show or whatever, he'll still bring around my DJ, uh-huh. DJ Jazzy Jeff. I mean, he's still uh-huh. cutting him a check every once in a while. He's bringing him into the spotlight with them from time to time. Marky Mark has never brought the that Funky we know Bunch of. into that we know I think, of. I think Mark, I mean, Mark tries. He invites them, but it's at like 2.30 in the morning when he wakes up like, yeah, let's get breakfast. <laughs> hey, tell you what, let's go to breakfast, guys. I'll meet you there at 3.15. I'll, I'll, I'm going to sleep in today. I'll sleep in today. We'll meet at breakfast. It's coming home from the clubs. Oh, They're so still funny. up. Uh, you know, we got to talk about daily schedules. So for this week's question of the week, we want to know your ideal daily schedule. Break it down for us. We want to know your ideal daily schedule. Yeah, like like Mark posted his ideal daily schedule, and and Annie caution. We're assuming Annie this is. It. Are we assuming this is like a work day? This isn't like my ideal daily is like sleep in. No, on this a Saturday. is like this like, is like this your is... average day. You know, well, like yeah. a Wednesday. What are you going to do on a Wednesday? Yeah. Start us, yeah. start to finish. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in college, gotcha. you, typical gotcha. class day. If you're, how, if how you're many a people are going to be um, woman? Pull up spreadsheets, stare aimlessly off for a little while. Like how many? How many people <laughs> would is going to put that on their Wednesday? I'm curious. And tell the truth about how many times you check Instagram. Yeah. Add that to your calendar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer schedules, very detailed ones, on uh, the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Hey, the new issue of Relevant is out now. It features Johnny Swim on the cover. I don't know if you follow Chip Gaines on Instagram, but he's very into the new issue. I'm just saying. Felt good. Posting all about it. Sitting there on his his, uh, uh, handmade... I'll say this. The two things that Chip Gaines loves is shiplap and the new issue of Relevant. That's his (laughs) his love language. And his wife, Joanna. Yeah. 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 Mainly shiplap and And Jesus. Mainly shiplap and Relevant. Got it. Uh, Bo Burnham's in the issue, Foster the People, Christine Kane, W. Kamal Bell, Francis Chan, a ton more. You can view it online at relevantmagazine.com or you can pick it up on newsstands. And if you want to support us, subscribe. And then it'll be on your yeah. table, just like Chip Gaines. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and uh, rate it. Leave a review. It helps other people discover uh, the program. If you don't like the show, <laughs> keep it to yourself. But uh, if, if you're a fan... Say all the things on 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 camera. I have a review here, and it's uh, it doesn't have a name. It it says it's from Silo Dweller twenty (laughs) seven, and it says I love the relevant podcast, and I also love the other products from Relevant. There are only two great things in my life that give me a surge of joy. One is tearing down an old wall to find perfectly <laughs> good shiplap hiding underneath after years of neglect. Two is when the new issue of Relevant comes in the mail. Signed, Silo Man. Wow, <laughs> what a review. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. No too Thank much. You. 
It's a, <laughs> wow. That is a, hey, if you go leave a review, uh, Justin and I talked, we're going to like keep our eye on it. And yeah. I think we another might one. I just did on read one. On the but show. We'll read just, more. I'll read more. That was an example. That's how it's going to start. That was just an example of, of yeah, a yeah. really good one right a there. Great the top. One, yeah. This fall is going to be active. I mean, a couple of announcements here. This fall is going to be active. We're going to be launching a lot of new things and audio and video. Uh, it'll be it's really exciting. Don't get want to give a ton away, but it's really exciting what we're going to be doing. Uh, one of the things we're launching is season yeah. two of the Love and Money podcast is coming back. The trailer for season two is out now. You should go check it out over on iTunes and the new uh, the new season with a new co-host will be debuting in a week or two. So go check that out. Hey, uh, if you like Johnny Swim, if you saw the new issue of Relevant, you want more, uh, go over to relevantmagazine.com. We just posted a a new uh, a video, kind of a funny kind of relationship yeah. video uh, that we did with them. It's just a few minutes long. So go check that out. Abner and Amanda are like couple goals. And they're, they're awesome. And it's a really funny, quick thing of like, it's kind of a rapid fire relationship uh, video that we did with them. So go check that out over at the site. Um, and hey, by the way, you want to be part of all this madness in the fall and moving forward? We're hiring. Uh, head over to relevantmediagroup.com to learn more about our openings and you can apply for the positions. We're looking especially for sales. We're, we have some editorial positions open, operations positions, uh, go, uh, audio editing. Uh, we just got a lot, a lot coming up and we want great people. If you're great at what you do, you're passionate, you want to change the world, um, and you want to be part of this, hit us up. If you're not very good at what you do, keep it to yourself <laughs> and uh, just stay where you are. You can still apply. <laughs> yeah, you let them apply, Cameron. Yeah. Let them have dreams. And, and, and make your resume stand out. I want to know interesting uh, things that typically people don't ask about, about your capabilities. So just throw it on there, you know? So I'm, I'm even just for me personally. <laughs> hey, many thanks to this show's sponsor for making the episode possible. Remember, you can get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins by visiting takecareof.com and entering promo code relevant when you check out. Trust me, it's good. Uh, and also thanks to Wild Nothing for joining us. Their new album, Indigo, is out now. Go check them out or go check it out. You can also follow them on Twitter at Wild Nothing. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Mark Jackson. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Tuesday when our guest is Tim Tebow. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. You eat how many gummy worms a week? Shut up, judgy doctor. Relevant Podcast Network.